It's another freaking bomber man. It's Amigos, episode 380. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Amigos. I'm John. And I'm Aaron. And today, Aaron, we're going to be talking about Blitz Bombers. Mm. Aaron, where were you during the Blitz? Uh, not born. Yeah, not born. me neither. Yeah. We missed that. You know. It's funny how in just the space of a few short years, uh, the UK went from not even being able to allow the word ninja in their game uh, to, you know, not only referencing the Blitz in a somewhat irreverent way, but also Bombers. Is this uh, a reference to the Blitz? Or is well, it, did they just use the word Blitz? I've never heard anything that let me know that it wasn't a reference to the Blitz. I see. And, uh, of course, the Bombers, whenever you think about that, you think about Gunpowder Plot, The Troubles, you know. Uh, well, you read, you read a lot more to this title than I did. So uh, <laughs> this is, uh, you know, it's funny how the, 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 the worm has turned in terms of UK censorship and just the years between Dyna Blaster and Hero Turtles and Blitz Bombers. Yeah, it is It is strange now that I think about it. Of course, this, this game came out a few years, in fact, several years after the rest of that stuff did. Uh, on the on the Amiga, so I guess there was mm -hmm. enough time in there to to get away with it, you know. I yeah. never thought about the the concept of a game like this. Uh, uh, just I, it's funny for something that involves you going around and bombing stuff. I never thought of this game in a in a bad light until right now. So th thanks a lot, Boat. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's funny there when you think about games where you actually are using bombs. Okay, you've got two options. You got the Bomberman games. And you've got sort of your overhead shooter, your Alcon. That one's got, doesn't that have a second button that throws bombs? No. Oh, well, I know Bells and Whistles does, so we'll <laughs> use that instead. Um, are there any other games that you can think of where bombs are a weapon? Tons. Tons and tons and tons and tons of games. Uh, uh, Super Cobra comes to mind. Uh, Xevious. Well, that Xevious uh, fits that 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 same pattern that I'm talking about. Your vertical shooter, your horizontal shooter. There aren't a lot of games where you're using. You know what? As I'm saying this, I'm thinking about 200 games that use bombs. Yeah. What about the uh, what's the game on the old 2600 where the guy threw the bombs? Kaboom! At you? Kaboom. Kaboom! There's tons of yeah. bombs in that. Legend of Zelda bombs. bar games. Yeah. Where the guy where the chicks are dropping the. <laughs> the bombs is the one you there's tons of those things yeah this i guess just, metroid has bombs really fair, there's there's really most games have bombs but bomberman really is the, the bomberman type of game is sort of uh its own it's in its own world like when mm -hmm. you know when we did the uh, uh thanks for giving we, we played that bomberman game on the show like i played that game and you know i'm not the, i'm not a big fan of bomberman type games but i thought to myself well this is tolerable, but it's not great. But it's the same kind of thing I've, I have played many times. And I have to say, the game that we're playing this time, not to spoil anything, but its I think it's a little bit different uh, in, in, in a lot of ways. And so I guess they've made so many Bomberman games. I just assume that there's got to be a ton of different ones that I've never seen before that are totally off the wall. I don't know. You know better mm. than I would. Well, it's weird because... You know, you say if something if something uh, doesn't do well at the box office, you say a bomb to the box office. Yeah. But if something's great, you also say it's the bomb. That's What's true. What's the deal with that? Listen, man, I don't know what to tell you on that. I don't know who makes well, up these who makes up these little sayings and stuff. I'll tell you what is the bomb, and that's this week's Amiga News. Amiga News. Amiga News. 
All right, Aaron. We start with a new podcast, a brand new oh, podcast okay. that has just premiered for the very first time. This is a show called Future Imagineers. Okay. All right. Cool and name. Is, and this is hosted by uh, Vicky Lambert, the uh, Pixel Vixen. Pixel oh, Vixen. Yeah. Uh, she is, of course, a big Amiga user. And uh, but she's also into the whole productivity side. You know, I'm seeing a sea change. I think Doug's having a somewhat unwholesome effect on people. <laughs> people are starting to uh, put away their games and and take out their 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 applications and use them more and more on the Amiga. And who does she interview on the first episode of this show, Future Imagineers? None other than uh, Anthony Jarvis. Oh, of the good Amiga choice. Show. Yeah, the best Amiga choice. programming on YouTube. Uh, and of course, what are they talking about? They're talking about the new tech video toaster. I thought that this was funny because, of course, the video toaster was never available outside of the United States. And here are two people that are not. It's sort of like us on R. Sinclair. It's two people where they 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 didn't have this thing back in the day, but they're enamored with it. And you know, Anthony talks about uh, how when he was a kid, he wanted to be a cameraman, and talks about always hearing about the video toaster, but never actually seeing it. And then using the video toaster uh, to produce all of his episodes of the award-winning Amiga show. Uh, this is a, a great podcast. It's a very in-depth interview. They go over an hour and uh, talking about this thing. And uh, I listened to the, the first episode and I'm looking forward to more. You couldn't have picked a better guest to open up this podcast. Have you heard anything about this one, Aaron? You know, I, I haven't. Uh, I'll be honest, it's the first I've heard of it. And I think it's that's awesome. It's funny. I, I, uh, uh, I'm always on the prowl for something new to listen to. And uh, this sounds like it'd be pretty good. Uh, pretty good. So they've only had the one so far. Just one episode so far. Very good. So you give this the thumbs up, then, Boat. Oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Again, the the name of the podcast is Future Imagineers. Very good. So, that looks yeah. great, Boat. Uh, next up, we have uh, a video that is somewhat tangentially related to the Amiga. I just thought it was really cool because it does feature Amiga magazines. Neil is back. Neil yeah. from RMC. And he has a new toy in the cave. He has a new magazine scanner. Now, Aaron, I know that you're one to head to the can with a magazine under your arm now and again. What do you think about the idea of scanning these old magazines? Do you think it's worth it? Or do you think that most of the magazine's inherent value is the fact that it is this, this physical artifact from the past? Well... I will say it's tough to scan those things from the can. That is, so I'm looking for a better tool than what I've been using. Mm -hmm. um, so I saw, I watched this episode of uh, RMC here. I, I never miss Neil stuff. And I, I I think this scan looks pretty cool. I have a little bit of experience with doing this sort of thing. I used to scan documents for an insurance company. So I've done some scanning now and again. Uh, and this looks, this looks, wow, a lot more advanced than what I used to use back in the day. Uh, that much said, the one thing that I would wonder about when you get something like this, because these things ain't cheap, brother, you know, mm -hmm. is are uh, if uh, do you have stuff to scan that's not already scanned? That's the one thing. Because I mean, if you look around, like most magazines, I mean, I you could find a lot of the classic zines. All right, I mean, a lot of them. You can find a lot of the classic documentation for games. All right. So my before I would buy something like this, I think to myself. Do I have 
things here at the house in bulk that aren't available to me to just go get somewhere. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Yeah. And I think if you take a good hard look at that, and you could say to yourself, "Well, I got tons that's not scanned." Well, then you go get the scanner. It'd be this looks like a pretty decent one. I've seen services that will scan your magazines and books. The problem is uh, that part of the deal is they have to destroy the book. Right. And it's not because right. they have to destroy it to scan it. They have to destroy it because of, for legal purposes of all things. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So okay. Cause I, you know, my my good buddy Shane Armand Rowe did a big uh, thing one time on a service. He used to send all kinds of stuff, to all kinds of stuff to get digitized, but that was part of the deal. And I read up on it, and sure enough, that that was part of the deal. They would have to they'd have to physically destroy the the item. So mm. if this beats that. That's for sure. Yeah, it does. If you've got uh, these... a lot of old new, like newsletters and stuff, this would be great to scan stuff in that's not available while your user group stuff. You know, right. so that would be a great use for it. So it just depends if you've got the anything worth scanning. But if you did, I mean, I could definitely see picking something like this up. I uh, did you happen to check the price on this thing, Aaron? I don't remember off the top of my head. I, it, I I've checked on these things before, and they're they're not cheap. I mean, you're five five hundred twenty five bucks. Yeah, I thought it was somewhere which, around five hundred bucks. Yeah, which I mean is not. I mean, it's definitely not cheap. Uh, but uh, it is right up there. Like I have a uh, right behind me here. I have what's called the uh, FujiNet Scan Snap, and uh, actually, I think it's Fujitsu. You ever use that thing, Boat? I use it constantly. <laughs> I, I use it do. constantly, uh, and that costs about the same amount of money—about five hundred bucks. Again, just like you said, if you've got stuff that needs scanned, you've got to weigh how much your time is worth. Because if you're scanning on a flatbed scanner, yeah, it's you're—I mean, you just might as well sign your life away for the amount of time oh, that's yeah. going to take. Yeah. So, um, you know, and the thing that I love about this thing is it comes with these things called finger cots. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I just, I well, love the idea of a finger cot. I like. You know? I do like the fact that when you use the finger cots on it, uh, it actually scans around your fingers. Right. It knows you know? somehow where the finger cots are. So, you know, so that I thought that was kind of cool. Uh, it's a. It, I mean, clearly they put a lot of thought into these things, and they've like I said since I did this, this they've advanced exponentially. So it was an interesting uh, video. Always good to check out RMC stuff. Yeah, yeah. Now, Aaron, our next uh, Amiga story, we're venturing into the realm of the games. Oh, yeah. This is a new CD32 game called Wrong Way Back. Mm. Now, Aaron, this is a uh, this is one of those um, uh, like, you know, uh, room escape games, escape the room games. Have you ever done one of these things before in person? I have not. I've seen people do it and I know people have done it, but I've never got a chance to do one. I've done a couple of these things and I just have to resign myself to the fact that I'm ever in a locked escape room situation for real. Yeah. I'm just going to lay down and wait for death (laughs) because (laughs) I am not clever enough to make it out of the escape room. However, if you are one of those clever people, you might want to check this out. This is again, this is a CD 32 game. Uh, It was developed using Amos Professional, Amos Professional, not just the normal one. And uh, it was made, uh, you can either uh, burn it onto a CDR or you can play it on an emulator. And this is a, it's an adventure game where you are trying to uh, get out of this, this locked room. (laughs) I mean, it's, listen, I think the, if you're, I think this is a neat way to simulate an escape room. It's not the worst idea, you know, and I'm yeah. sure this has been done in other places, I, but I, I've never seen it. So for someone like myself, who's never got to do this, believe it or not, I actually, 
sort of find this kind of interesting. Like I may have yeah. to give this a shot. It looks it looks pretty good, Boat. Yeah, is it, is absolutely. it just one room? So you can check this out. This is uh this is free to down I believe free to download. Let me double check that real quick. Yeah, this is a uh a, a free download. You can head over to lockeddoorpuzzle.itch.io slash wrong way home and and uh and download the crap out of this thing. Very good, Boat. All right, Aaron. Next up, we have a uh, a game that you might have played. There's th this game has appeared on many uh, different platforms, including our beloved uh, Tandy Color Computer. Yeah, this is Dino Run. Okay. Dino Run. This uh, features. I always think about when you get a 404 on Google or you don't have internet, uh, you get that little dinosaur picture. But I don't know if that's where ah. this this graphic originated or if it comes from somewhere else. You know anything about the origination of this game, Aaron? I don't know. I don't I'll respect that. I'm not clear on what it is. I'm going to have a look at the video right now and see what it, and see so what it is. So this is a this is a uh, it's an endless runner uh and you will play as a dinosaur and you have to hop over cacti and uh and see how far you can get basically. It looks like a a great choice for like a high score competition like we might have at Boat Fest or something like that. Um I guess the original, yeah, the original version of this was an Easter egg in the Chrome browser, uh, and uh, and uh, it is only accessible when you're disconnected from the internet. So pr pretty pretty cute. Uh, this is, uh, I believe, that you can get this. This is another. Uh, this is from Phase One Hundred One, which has done tons and tons of Amiga stuff. This is off their their itch page. Uh, it's amazing you know, how all of these classic gaming developers are flocking to itch. It's sort of becoming the steam of, of independent developers writing for these old platforms. So I love to see that. Um, and uh, this is a free download dino run from phase101.itch.io. This looks like a game you would have gotten on the old LCD. Yeah. It's even, it's even yeah. monochrome like that. Yeah. So it's kind of, kind of interesting there. Yeah. Yeah. So that's dino run. And our final... A uh, bit of news this week, Aaron, is uh, Pymega is finally out. It's here, version 3.0. Tell us about it, Aaron. Well, in fact, uh, Chris is with us in the chat. Uh, this is his, uh, I guess, yearly now uh, release for Pymega. Now, uh, what is Pymega? It's a uh, bootable image for your Raspberry Pi that gives you a double-jacked, uh, Amiga to play with, and it gives you lots and lots of bells and whistles, additional uh, software and accoutrement that you would not normally get in a real-world Amiga. The amount of work that I watched this overview, it's a 45-minute overview, and, and it's not like, he's not like us where we just sit around talking about bombs or like <laughs> trucker bathrooms. This guy, he's it's like non-stop action. So it's 45 minutes of like legitimate information. You know that that you are exposed to, I can't even fathom the amount of uh, time it would take to put something like this together. A boat, I mean it, I, and the dedication. Uh, and I know Chris has a team that works with him uh, on this, but I mean it. This is a uh, quite a feat. I mean, if you looked at this, you think to yourself, this looks like uh, a modern operating system, like on a Mac, like maybe somebody with a Mac or someone that was had a particular mood on the Windows put it together. It's very attractive. Mm -hmm. The amount of yes. additional software that's in here is stunning. It's a ludicrous mm -hmm. amount. Everything from games to 
uh, uh, software to get on the internet. This will get you on the internet with your Pi. You can actually uh, watch YouTube in this. You can watch media in this. You can surf the web in this with with or without the eyebrows. I mean, you can actually dump out the Linux and do stuff. It's a multifaceted uh, piece of software here that they've put together. Uh, we talked about last year's, and there's a whole ton of stuff that he's added uh, since last year. I mean, just so much that I couldn't even begin to sit here and tell you what it was. You just have to basically sit down and read this or watch it. It's funny, Chris laments early on that no one's going to sit through this, and everyone's just going to start up the uh, software without paying any attention to the new stuff, which that probably <laughs> happens. But if yeah. you do that, you really are... Uh, you're missing out on the ludicrous amount of additional stuff that's been packed in here. So I strongly urge you, first of all, I urge you to go and get you uh, get yourself a copy of Pi Amiga. And secondly, I urge you to sit down and just flip through this. He's got it split into chapters, and the chapters are labeled. with So you'll know, if you want to skip right to games or right to utilities or whatever, you can just go right to it. That way, to, So this is almost like a... a having a built-in manual, basically, that he narrates. It's good stuff. Uh, I was very uh, pleased. I've used last year's quite a bit, actually, and I'm looking forward to grabbing this one. This will also get you uh, set up to where you need to get this, uh, and you can get set up. And then he does mention it. He actually mentioned it in the chat just now as well. The only thing this doesn't come with are the old ROMs. That's right. Uh, now, you have uh, your own path to get those. I'm not going to well, tell you how to get them, but you can go to Colanto and buy them. I believe that the 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 cheapest way to legally acquire a boot ROM is to purchase the Android version of Amiga Forever, <laughs> yeah, which is just a couple bucks. I mean, it's literally like a couple bucks on the Google Play Store, yeah. and then get that file off there. And he put actually it on the old he mentions that in the in the video here. He's even got a little chapter on getting the ROM. So once you dump the ROMs, and you know that's the way it always is. I was just I was just test driving uh, Mini Amiga, and it was the same thing. They can't include the ROMs. Cloanto, you don't want to be. Hey, you don't want to anger Cloanto. So just get buy the ROMs. Hey, for a couple bucks, eh? Even I can't complain at that. That's a pretty good deal. Yeah. Uh, and then yeah. you're set up. I mean, the fact that for I mean, and you there's stuff in this that you can register. You can register eyebrows, register other stuff. If you want to do some stuff above and beyond what this includes, but the fact that uh uh uh, uh that this sort of image is available for free. Uh, that someone puts together for you, it's astounding. We live in a glorious age where they give this stuff away, Boat. We and do. So, and so hats off and thumbs up to Chris and all the people that worked on the Pi Mega image. I think it's top shelf, Boat. Yeah, yeah. All right, Aaron. Well, that's going to wrap up this week's uh, bit of news, except for one special announcement. dun 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 Bam! Boat Fest 2023. It's going to happen. Uh, we uh, we put the finishing touches on our planning, uh, and everything sort of came together within the past couple weeks. Uh, Boat Fest, uh, uh, last year's uh, first uh, vintage computer exhibition right here in Hurricane. Uh, went incredibly well, far exceeded our expectations. It went so well that we decided we were going to do it again. And so uh, we are going to, uh, oh, ooh, 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 ah. So June 23rd to the 25th 
in lovely downtown Hurricane, West Virginia, in the Copper Room, which is the banquet room right above O'Connelly's mm-hmm. Irish Pub on historic Main Street. Uh, we are going to be throwing down the computers, literally, off the bow. No, we're not doing that. Side. What are you doing, Boat? <laughs> <laughs> uh we uh you know after a a months long search for a location uh the mayor of hurricane came through like a champ and said why don't you talk to the guys over at uh at Connolly's at O'Connolly's and we said okay and by we I mean me and so I went over there and I said hey uh what do you think and they were like yeah man bring it on and so uh we are going to uh this this year's venue it's something to behold I believe Aaron uh you have some video of the uh, the event don't I do you? but run that please so this is the copper room as you can see uh, if you are watching the uh video version of this the room is about twice the size of Boatfest's uh 2022 location uh it does include uh upstairs restrooms there are, are bespoke restrooms uh there is a bar area uh, that's right. Above the bar, there is also another bar. Uh, there are plenty of tables and chairs. I believe this place can officially com- accommodate around 80 people. Uh, you have these beautiful picture windows that overlook uh, Main Street. Uh, there are plenty of power outlets. So this, uh, this room uh, frequently holds court to uh, live music wedding receptions djs etc so uh electricity is not going to be an issue they have wi-fi at the venue uh to me this just seems like a perfect location to have a vintage computer expo it's very exciting boat because we uh, it's funny we we didn't know what we were going to draw last year and i thought we drew drew pretty good if i'm honest Mm. and but even with the people we drew we had pretty much, I would say, we put as many people in that uh, hotel area as we could. Yeah. And I will say, uh, and I'm going to give Boat all the credit, uh, we were wondering what we were going to do because we have a feeling that we're going to get a better attendance this year. And we knew we couldn't do, there was, this is Hurricane. So it's not like there, we've not, there's not convention centers to beat the band, if you know what I mean. And so I got to give Boat the, and the mayor credit. That uh, for coming through, good idea, and it worked out great, and we're super excited. I'm, I'm, I'm. This is going to be a great year. Uh, this room is going to be great. The fact that the that the uh, Bofest is going to take over over uh, over top of a of a tavern, a pub with you know a bar and f- food, the whole nine yards. They've got it all. And listen, man, this isn't your typical bar food type bar. This place has awesome food. I frequently go there just to eat the food and drink the beer. Yeah, so there and you so go. This is, I mean, they've got the, the literally the best fish and chips I've had outside of the UK, and that's a shoot. They have all kinds of burgers. They've got chicken. They've got great salads. Whatever you want, they've got down there. And uh, like I said, whenever you're done eating, you just come right back up to Boat Fest and you're right there. We are working on getting a, a shuttle from the uh, nearby hotel in Hurricane. There is a Wyndham Hotel that just opened that is very, very nice. Yeah. Uh, that was the original Boat Fest location until I saw their conference room and it held like 10 people. It was so smaller was than the other place we were yeah. at. It was stunning. And I will but, say, uh, if you were here last year and you're like, oh, God, where have they stuck us now? 
this location's about what about a six minute drive from the other location. So yeah. we're not you're not gonna be going out in the sticks. You're about two miles from the interstate. It's no problem at all. Easy peasy. And it actually sits directly between my house and boat's house. So it's that's convenient for us. <laughs> Worked out yeah. good. Plenty of parking, the whole nine yards. Plus there'll be an entrance in the back where you don't have to even go through the pub. So uh that is uh that is boatfest uh i have not set up the website yet so if you go to boatfest.info there is nothing there except for information for last year's event but before the end of the year i will uh get some time to do that uh so uh but keep an eye on boatfest.info and of course when that website goes live we will make another announcement on the show you can purchase your tickets then you know speaking of boatfest uh boatster one of the key elements last year that made Boatfest such a great event uh, was a crew of guys that came down from Canada, a boat. And a couple of them represented our sponsor, our good friends up in Canada at RetroRewind.ca. Uh, they were a huge part of the event last year. I'm hoping we, uh, we get them to come down again. Uh, but all that said, we saw these guys work in person firsthand. And we're not just saying this stuff because it sounds good. You're not going to find uh, better and more reputable uh, repair folks than the people at RetroRewind.ca. So if you have any of your vintage Commodore computers, maybe a Tandy Terrace 80 sitting around that you're thinking about having looked at or cleaned up or de recapped, Retro Rewind is the way to go. Uh, also, they provide excellent parts for your various Commodore and Cocoa machines, including diagnostic materials, boat. They've also got accelerators, Mega 600 accelerators. They've got the Kung Fu Flash, the C64. They've got all sorts of uh, fun and helpful items uh, to help you enjoy your machines, troubleshoot machines, or get those machines up and running, don't they, boat? That's right. So what you're going to do is you're going to head over to RetroRewind.ca, load up your cart with goodies, Sign into your account and use the promo code AMIGOS10. You'll save 10% off any item, large or small, any amount of items. Your entire order, save 10% right now by using the promo code AMIGOS10. We appreciate Retro Rewind. We thank them for their service to the community. And we also thank them for being an official sponsor of Amigos. Right on, brother. All right, Aaron, let's talk Blitz Bombers. Yes, sir. Man, what a what a tune, eh? That's, yeah, <laughs> makes yeah, you, makes you feel like you're Jamaica or something. So, this week we are looking at, at a PD game, sort of, which we'll get into this. Uh, this game is Blitz Bombers. This was released uh, late in the game, boat 1998. Uh, number of discs or CD one, and get this boat, uh, and the number of maximum players you could have on this. And I like to see this done, by the way. But if you cajole your Amiga, you could get 16 people playing this simultaneously. That is unbelievable. Hey, Bootfest goal, Bootfest 2023 goal, 16 people playing Blitz Bombers. This would Let's be, I would happen. say, we're going to get some. Hey, and by the way, Frank sells a little serial adapters. So we have to pick up some of those. They're cheap, too. Uh, this was the this was written and designed by an outfit called Red When Excited. Interesting Ooh. name. Uh, this is all they did on the Amiga. Develop, uh, developers listed as Leading Edge. 
And the uh, artists that worked on the game were, uh, the coders were Stephen McNamara and Steve Maddy. Uh, the graphics were done by Michael Richards. And the musicians on this were, uh, or the musician was Steve Enel. And the manager involved was Nigel Hughes. Uh, this is an AGA game, and both, I think we've solved the puzzle here because this was written in Blitz Basic. Mm. And so that probably. Not anything to do with the Blitz after all. Is that. Listen, I like your theory, though, Bode. Uh, this requires, if you want to give this a spin, uh, requires one and a half megabytes of chip RAM. Uh, and it's weird it's, to have a one and a half requirement. Uh, well, Why not just bump it up to two? Uh, well, I mean, if you can get away with one and a half. Uh, and this requires, it says here, if you want to uh, play with a bunch of people, uh, they would recommend an accelerator, as you can imagine. Yeah. Uh, this yeah. also got released, uh, d with demos released on the one in July of 95, Amiga format in uh, issue 78 of December of 95. You notice I'm saying 95 here, Boat. Uh, and eventually was released on Amiga format in 98. <clears throat> so, this game has a history, Boat. Uh, before we get into the game proper, we might as well talk about it. Uh, this was a game that was planned on being a, 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 a an actual released game. You know, like a, a proper release. And they had this thing up and running. And presumably their their goal was to make the definitive Bomberman clone. And I guess they did pretty good because from what I read, and I read, I read this pretty much in every source I've got, uh, they caught the eye of a little outfit called Hudson Soft who came a call and they're like, listen, are you kidding with this? <laughs> you know, for, we're, you can't release this. And so development stopped for legal uh, because of the legal problems that were threatened by Hudson Soft. That again, I, I wouldn't be surprised if that's a true story, Bo. Oh, yeah. I guarantee you, it's a true story. And now we've seen plenty of Bomberman clones on plenty of. Uh, I mean, me and Britt have ran across several on the ARG. So I mean, they're they're all over the place. Uh, and I it, think I you know I think the the, the mistake that uh, Blitz Bombers made was being a, a major feature on a nationwide magazine. Yeah, that could have been If you're on it. a cover disc, I'm pretty sure that, you know, word probably would have gotten out. Also, uh, you know, the fact that this game is, is so faithful and so sort of great, it being a Bomberman clone probably attracted the ire more than, say, you know, a lesser machine clone. Yeah, well, that I mean, that's exactly what I was thinking. I mean... Uh, you could sort of release a duddier one, but I mean, this thing, not to mention with 16 players, I believe the Turbo Graphics version can hold something like that, uh, yeah. that many players. But I mean, it's not like every yeah, one well, of the I mean, consoles like, can know, do it. Atari was not going after Gantlet, let's just say that. <laughs> no. <laughs> Although they did go after Donkey King. You well, know, that's, but, so that's what again, they got nailed. <laughs> again, it's, it's the same sort of thing. It's a quality thing. So... Anyway, so eventually they just released this for free. Uh, so uh, uh, I guess they're because this was on demos for a long time, and I've well, heard and, a lot of people play the demos. Because when you look, when you when you when this game loads up, the first thing you see is the old scrolling dock screen. Yeah, that, that shows up, and um, <clears throat> it talks about it. Sort of points its ire at Hudson Soft, and it says like. Yeah, this game was supposed to come out, but some company that wasn't even involved on the Amiga had the gall to shut it down. Oh, As I didn't you see make... this. Oh okay. yeah, no, yeah, I didn't they see go. That. There's a they go on this big screed against <clears throat> Hudson Soft, and it's like, well, I mean, yeah, you sort of copied their game. 
I mean, you can't act as if it wasn't in their, you know, in their legal rights to prevent you from releasing a commercial game game that's a, a blatant ripoff of another game. Yeah, I don't understand. And, and of course, you read all kinds of reviews like on Lemon. They're talking about how, you know, the gap between the quality of games between Japanese studios and European studios was so wide at this time yeah. that Hudson should have just let it go because Europeans, you know, the Europeans just couldn't get it together, which is also crap. Like, like that's a valid excuse either. Well, here's a, so, thir here's a third valid, ex uh, non-validating excuse for them. Hudson Soft did do games on the Amiga, including Dino Blaster. Right. So, right. to be fair, I mean, they were the publisher of three games on the Amiga, and we played we played all three: BC Kid, Dino Blaster, and Yo Jo. So, right. I mean, they may not have been doing anything at that time, but they released Yo Jo in '93, and this game was coming out in '95. So not it's not that like they hadn't later. been there for a, a year. So, yeah, I'm calling crap on that. Listen, I'm all for. Uh, uh, borrowing and and cajoling, but you, but you can't get you can't get upset when you get smacked down. Yeah. You know. Now, with all that said, uh, let's talk about the game, uh, uh, Blitz Bombers. Now, you know, when I we of course we've done many PD episodes, boat as you know over the years, and we've had it's been a mixed bag. You know what I mean on a lot of these things. Uh, so when the, when we when I heard we were playing Blitz Bombers. I was like, oh man! Then I, then when you sort of let it slip what this was, I was like, oh boy, here we go, and because we, I believe we played a blitz, a, a, a bomberman clone that was PD already. I think we played two before this yeah, one. I think you're and, right. And so, uh, you can imagine my surprise, and you also know I don't like bomberman. You can imagine my surprise when this comes up, catchy tune. Uh, I looked, I went to the options menu, and right away I was like, holy smokes! This thing has options for days. It's right? a worm. It's a worms like it option screen. Yeah, because you can turn on and off all the power ups. I mean, I don't know much about Barman in, in the console world, but does it have that many power ups in one game? And I mean, just like. 30 or something like there was at least like 15 or 20 power-ups well the thing is by the time 1998 had rolled around yeah probably so probably so if you remember if you recall the game that you and the brent played on thanks for giving yeah that game also had tons and tons of wackiness all over the place this, however yeah you know they totally didn't have to do that with, no. a, with a pd game like this uh, and of course you know obviously this game was gearing up to be a commercial release but yeah. even with a commercial release they didn't have to do that yeah, and then you've also got, of course, it also get, talks about the, the setting up for different players. It's got uh, uh, all sorts of, you can decide bad guys you want and don't want. You, it's got a ton of options. So, the, I mean, anytime I see a screen with that many options, I'm like, okay, that's that ticks a box right there. Mm -hmm. Because how many games have we played where it's just like, hit button to start, jerk, right. and that's all you get. Right. Now, I, you know, here I am. I've got no one to play with. Now, so I ended up having to play two-player versions of this with just myself and just running around. That's sad. But I did play a lot of the one-player. This has a single-player. I did, too. Now, I've played Bomberman single-player games. Now, and again, you'll have to school me here, Boat. I'm, I'm going to lean on you heavily here. I don't, I've never played a single-player Bomberman game that was set up like this was. These were like little bomb quests that you went on. Uh, the I played through the first scenario... Uh, but which, by the way, you could pick your starting scenario too in the options, and I played through it, and it was a, it was a fully themed. I think I did the Egyptian one, and it would say like, okay, your goal on this screen is to get out, 
and and then there'd be an exit, and you had to bomb your way out, and then there'd be and there's a timer, and then there'd be a gimmick where it said like you need to go blow up the generators, and you have to go blow these generators up, and you had to get bomb your way through a path. And then there'd be one, I recall, you had to find the keys to get out. So you had to go blow up stuff until you found both the keys. Now, I'm not going to sit here and tell you this was riveting gameplay that I've never seen before, but I w- that's the most fun I've ever had in any Bomberman game was playing that. Let Is this something you, that's common, Boat? Let me tell you something. You know, the, the original, uh, you might not be aware of this, but the original NES Bomberman was a one-player game. Okay, people people forget that this game has its roots in being just a regular one player game where you do exactly what you do in the one player version of this game. Mm. The multiplayer aspects of this game, of course, brought the game much more fame. Uh, And I've got to admit that when I had, uh, you know, Saturn Bomberman, which a lot of people think, along with the Turbo Graphics version, are one of the best versions. That's the one that has all the players. Saturn. Yeah, Yeah, my bad. Um, The uh, that I never, ever investigated to see if there was like a one player adventure mode. Maybe there was. But when you can play the game with bots, I always just played the the multiplayer game with bots. In this game, I didn't have a chance to do that because there is no AI option for your traditional Bomberman multiplayer setting. So I ended up spending a lot of time with the adventure mode, and I'll tell you why. Number one, you have a tremendous amount of variety in the settings. So like you, you like you said, there's an Egyptian mode. There's like a like futuristic stages. There are all these different settings. It's not just like you're in a cave blowing yeah. up. There's you know, deserts stuff. and woods yeah. and like uh, the future and like a metal, like a circuit board type stuff. Right. There's all kinds right. of stuff. And two, like you said, the the uh, what you have to do, the the tasks that you have to perform, it's not just like bomb your way to the exit. There are different things, and it also it. I mean, Bomberman at its root is 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 not really a puzzle game. It's I don't really know how you'd maybe it is. I don't know if you'd call Bomberman a puzzle game. I guess it would be an action puzzle game. I don't know, in, in one player, I guess it would be, but, in but not, it, yeah, but no in one, in one player, that, yeah. it definitely is because you are controlling the release of enemies. Like there are enemies that are locked behind uh, some of the things that you have to blast through and you kind of have to be prepared to deal with, you know, different, different types of hazards as you move your way through the level. You, like monsters. you have to be slow. You have to be methodical as you move through these levels and methodical is not how you play multiplayer Bomberman. It's crazy time all the time as you just run around blowing stuff up and laughing. So um, to me, it's almost like a different game. And it's almost like getting two games in one. Yeah. Uh, you know, you can have tons of fun with the multiplayer version, especially if you can somehow get 16 or 15 of your closest friends together. Uh, that, that, that I've just got to see. But, uh, you know, when you're hanging out by yourself, it's also cool to be able to to play more of, like I said, a slow-moving sort of puzzle-type game. There is some tension because you do have a time limit, but it, it wasn't... I didn't find the time limit to be annoying. I found it... I mean, depending on how... I, I had got to the point where I was up against it uh, more than once on the time limit. Uh, the uh, But I I, I, I I like it being there. Does the, do, the, do the other versions have a timer like this? I, well, I again... Know. The uh, I I believe that the original NES Bomberman did have a time limit, uh-huh. but you did not get the variety of stages or the variety of tasks to complete in that version. So of the other versions, with uh, that exception, don't really have a one player like this. Is what you're saying? If you... they do, I never ever ever yeah. played it. Well, I, I'll have to say, uh, 
you know, like I said, I'm not a, a real huge fan of the Bomberman series, but this was actually like a game, and it was a fun game. It worked well. You had to be careful not to kill yourself. You're in a hurry. And so, especially when you had multiple bombs, you're trying to work two ends of the screen, you know, and it could get hectic, especially when you release the monsters. The monsters are tough to kill the way they move, so it's not easy. Uh, uh, so I kind of I kind of dug that. So I just right out of the gate, I was like, huh, one-player Bomberman, this isn't bad. You know, and I should mention, good music, you know, it looks nice. I mean, it's AGA. Would you know it was AGA if we didn't tell you? Probably not. But, I mean, it's colorful. It looks like, uh, uh, it looks perfectly fine as a bomber game. Like, if, if you told me this is on the, I don't know, Super Nintendo or the Genesis, I'd buy it. It's not uh, like, absolutely. it I wasn't I mean, like outside the bounds of something like that. You know that it's not an official Bomberman game because the guys don't look like the Bomberman guys. Yeah. But if, if somebody would have said, yeah, these guys, you know, they got some sort of wacky license from, from Hudson Soft and they, you know, they're, they're making their own robot blaster game and it's for the, the Super Nintendo or the Genesis, this would fit right at home on there. Yeah. The music, by the way, outstanding. Like you said, it is a little bit raga, yeah. as they say, but it's, it, I mean, it's, it varies so, though for I different am, scenarios. Yeah, and yeah. I'm so, I mean, we play so many games without background music yeah. and just being able to have some tunes going in the back in the back while you're playing. It really makes you want to play it more. Yeah. And amongst the options, when you get into the multiplayer and again, I'm going to be uh, candid when it comes to multiplayer, I basically just kind of run around. But the good thing is there were a lot of options. You could, you can have, uh, you can add CPU players as an option with the, to fill out your ranks. You can also get this boat. You probably saw this, but you can actually decide what you start. You could start with power-ups, and you can decide which ones, how many, all, you know, or you can decide which ones you don't want. You can start with nothing. So you don't have, right out of the gate, you can start with stuff, shields mm -hmm. and whatnot, which is cool. Uh, and, of course, the multiplayer is just what you would expect. I saw that some of the boards, like, you would have, like, and again, not playing Bomberman like you know it, but there would be areas, instead of going just through, like, uh, plowing, bombing through your way through stuff, there'd be tunnels and stuff. Like, you'd go through, like, a tunnel or a hollow log or yeah. something, and, and you could even that, see your the, guy moving through it. And so I thought that added a little bit of variety. Yeah. And, I mean, those are definitely things that you see in other Bomberman games. But, again, you didn't have to do that with a game like that. In this game, I mean, if you're if you're wondering whether you should play this or Dyna Blasters whenever you play, your, you whenever you get together with buddies, it's this a uh, hundred times out of a hundred. This is the definitive Bomberman title for the Amiga. Let's talk about the mini games uh, boat, uh, which you could also turn on and off in the options. Uh, you've got Pack Attack. Uh, this the player who picks up the sub game power up is Pac Man, and the others are the ghosts. So you just have to run around. Bomb shoot. I don't know if you saw these before. We played one no. player. I saw one of these. Bomb shoot. You must shoot all the bombs except your own. Uh, shield search. A golden shield is hidden on the level. That's the one I found. And then the last one is tag. And you, it's just like tag. You go around and try to tag each other. So there's a, there are mini games that are baked into the main game if you pick up the power up for the mini game. Not a bad idea. Makes it mix it, it up a little bit. Make it, it a little bit, you know, make it kind of fun. Uh, <clears throat> so, again, I mentioned that it's got the AI. Something else I should mention is that this game can switch to a high-res mode so you can have more people on screen. So when you've let got me, those let me ask you, Let oh, me sorry, ask you a question. Yeah. So you're saying that when you're playing a two-player game, you can have the players three and four be controlled by the computer. 
you, I didn't. I saw the option for it. I never fooled with it. But yes, and it, also this confirms it. So you could actually add computer players because to your multiplayer. I was not game. able to add a computer player. Uh, why, if they would add that, why wouldn't they just let you add three computer players and let you play the multiplayer by yourself? Don't know. Don't know what to tell you on that. Uh, anyway, this can go depend. If you have think about it, sixteen people. All right, that's huge. You could switch to a six forty by two fifty six high res mode boat to play this game in high risk you could have more real estate for mm -hmm. all those players so that's that's a that's a real nice thought right there to come in with i, I really like that uh overall having played this game and again not being the biggest fan of games of this type boy was i surprised i actually don't hate this <laughs> yeah in fact i would endorse it it's because the funny thing to me is we played a, we played two of these Bomberman games. One was that Dino Blaster, and then we played another one. Everyone said was the best, but it's it not. this crushes that. This crushes it. There's nothing in this that's that's worse. This is better than every all the other ones in every way, you know. Yeah. And by the way, Blitz Basic, they knew what they were doing when they put it together, uh, because this game is looks great. You would never know. It just looks like any no. good commercial. You don't race. have any. You don't have any of that weirdness like you do with like skin marks. How that that menu just looks like something that like was drawn by a kindergartner. Like this really looks great all the way through. You would never know this was a Blitz Basic game. Yeah. Uh, again, this was the, from what I've read. This was not. It was ninety nine percent completed. I don't know. I assume that they. Zipped up whatever wasn't done when they released this because I, I didn't see anything here that didn't work, you know. And I, I went through and fooled with the options and 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 messed with the different scenarios and stuff. It all seemed to work okay. So I'm assuming whatever they didn't have left to fix, or whatever they had left to fix, they did it. Mm -hmm. uh, but you know who knows. Um, I did uh, have a look at the lemon score. There were no reviews. I think actually that's not true. I think Obligement had a review on this here. Yeah. Obligement uh, in 98 gave this a 9 out of 10, uh, and Lemon gave this an 8.39. Listen, I hate to say it, uh, but this is the uh, uh, this is eerily, to me, my favorite of the Bombermans I've ever played. <laughs> this is the best one by a mile, because I can actually play the first player game and, and enjoy it to a certain degree. Mm -hmm. And the multiplayer gives you so many options and so many player slots. It's got to be fun to have that many people going at once. This is one that we're definitely going to have to uh, fire up at Amigathon in February. I agree. Did you get any Discord action on this boat? We did. We got one review this week. Again, if you are a Patreon supporter of Amigos, you can get access to our Discord server and uh, leave us a review of this week's game that we will read on the air. Uh, Level Lord writes... Played Blitz Bombers with buddies to death using parallel port connectors and four joysticks at a friend's house. Great memories with this one. We only had the demo version with five levels, which did not bother us at all. It was all about good times. Graphics are better than other Bomberman clones on the Amiga, and the tiny voices are super cute. Playing single versus computer was not bad, but where this game really shines is multiplayer and winning the tournament. That was always a great achievement, and losers would carry the title of Golden Lamer. Uh, reference uh, reference to Golden Flamer just changed a bit in the spirit of Amiga times back in those days. Personally, this is one of the best Amiga multiplayer games, and as such, my score is 9 out of 10. There you go. I mean, hey, I think you're right, Boat. This could be a big winner. Uh, you know, I, 
I do look forward to getting a bunch of people together with Amigas and with all the accoutrement to give this a shot. I think this would be could be a lot of fun. And this is believe it or not, I played this a lot this week, a lot. <laughs> Which was, which is, I mean, and, and I played almost ex- exclusively like this in the one player game, and I actually enjoyed it quite a bit. Uh, so there's, there, even if you don't have a buddy to play this with, and you don't like playing against robot, you know, uh, fake AI guys, this is gives you a little bit of bang for your buck just to play on your own. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And of course, you can't buy this, but it's available on, uh, they released this on AmyNet. Uh, and this so is, you could go get this great, is a tricky it. this is a tricky one to get going on an emulator if you are a member of the um eab ftp site uh they've actually converted uh so, uh, like a hard disk image to a uh to a, a couple floppies there's a lot of wackiness that went on but anyway you can you can download it off the eab ftp you know where i played this i actually loaded up amiga forever our buddies at cloanto uh, and this was already uh, oh, baked into my copy. It played, it played great. I think this fantastic. may come with it. I'm not 100% sure. So, yeah, there you go. It does work perfectly in Amiga forever. All right, Aaron. It's time to leave Blitz Bombers and see what's been going on on our YouTube channel. All right, man. Uh, just a couple releases this week, Boat. Uh, this is one. We, we really had a good time with this one, Boat. Uh, this is Roller Coaster. Uh, this is uh, for the uh, ZX uh, Spectrum. Uh, this one just came out a couple of days ago. What do you what do you recall about the old roller coaster boat? This is my game of the year on our Sinclair. Wow. I love this game. I, I mean, I I had so much fun exploring this wacky amusement park, and 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 seeing sort of all of the graphical tricks that were involved uh, w- with the Spectrum. Uh, I I just I love games like this. I love platformers. This is your classic Jumpman style platformer. Um, and uh, this is just this just ticked all of my boxes. I wish every ZX Spectrum game was just like this. I'd say this to me. This is more of a like a Jet Set Willy type of a of a platformer than a Jumpman, but it's not as ridiculously ludicrously hard right. as the Manic Miner and Jet Set Willy family of games. But it well, it does get that hard depending on where you're at. But what this is is a uh, it's a testament to the guy that programmed it. I mean, this is a real tour de force of graphical ability, programming skills, and he didn't give you, he didn't shortchange you for your for your seven pound. He gave you a full amusement park with zoos and log flumes and lakes. Everything's in here, uh, and you're running through it. I was uh, pretty impressed with this one, Boat. I have to say, I thought this was a lot of fun. So check that out. That is roller coaster on this uh, this month's R Sinclair. Uh, you know. Every once in a while, I like to get together with the Brent, my brother, and play a few games on the show we call ARG Presents. Uh, and this time out, uh, we spun the wheel, we made the deal, and this week's show was on the C64 cartridge games boat. These are games ex- released exclusively on cartridges. Now, I told Brent, I said, you know, we've covered this once before. He didn't remember it, but we did. So this was two more games, and I think we did better this time. I looked at a game called Crisis Mountain Boat, which I, I thought was pretty neat. That's uh, a good name. It's a cool, like a platformer game. It's another game where you run around and deal with bombs. Uh, and Brent looked at a game called Diamond Mine. Now listen, Crisis Mountain, I think it's pretty good. Diamond Mine is double gold money. Multiplayer for days on the ZX. Big time multiplayer. I think you have like four people or something like that playing at once. Or two. I can't remember. But this game is original. 
uh, it's a super clever game. I got to give uh, the brick credit on this one. Uh, C64. I, I may have just said this was on the ZX. This is a C64. I, uh, I thought you said that. But yeah, I, I, I lose my mind that. occasionally. But this, I mean, as a C64 game, it's not the, what I would call a looker. Uh, but man, does it play great! A lot of fun, super duper original, and I never. This heard of looks it. like a game that I'd love to play. Oh, dude, it's right up your alley, uh, man. Uh, so if you're interested in CC4 cartridge games with me and the Brent, uh, check it out this week on uh, for Crisis Mountain and Diamond Mine. Also, you can see me scream at Brent if you watch the video version over on the Stream Team channel. This is an interesting development boat. So. Uh, you know, I do a little thing on here uh, called the Friday Night Disaster Stream. And last week, I asked a few people to help me test drive a new uh, ability Twitch has to have guest stars come on the show. And what we ended up doing was we ended up devolving this into a panel show, a panel discussion show. And it turned out to be a lot of fun. We had a Petzl in here. We had Pixels of Dawn. And we had our good buddy, the Flaxter, Jack Flack. And we ended up talking about uh, just computing in the 80s. Uh, where did you get your games? How did you bootleg the game? Did, like the, the modem scene in the UK, which I didn't know. He talked about that crazy uh, uh, TV uh, interface that they had over there that would send information to the television. That oh, you like could the look teletext. Up. Yeah, the teletext. Yeah. I learned a ton. Uh, we had a real good time. We ended up talking for about over an hour. So if you uh, want to hear just some, I mean, unscripted, unscheduled chat, uh, uh, then pop one over and check it out. This I, I named the show Paneling Boat. I thought I'd be clever. That uh, is so, clever. Uh, so if you want to just hear some uh, different people from around the world talk, uh, you might get a kick out of this. And I think this week we'll be back to some gaming action. But, hey, we may stick one of these panels in occasionally uh, to uh, just to, to change things up, Boat. Uh, awesome. I think that is all that we've got, Boaster. All right. Well, Aaron... Uh, why don't we see what's coming up on Amigos next week? Oh, man, there it is. It must yeah. be flashback week, Boat. That's right. So every once in a while, we flash back to a, a game that we covered on our first 50 episodes. Of course, our, our first 50 episodes were seven years ago now. And, uh, and we are going to be looking at Civilization, the original Civilization on the Amiga uh, this is not one that I've gone back to. I've got to be honest. So I uh, will have to go back and uh, s sort of uh, see how, if my opinions have changed, or I'm going to have to go back and watch the original show too and see uh, see what I say about it. So I it should play, be good. I played the crap out of this on my old Tandy back in the day. I mean, just played the crap out of it. And the Amiga version blows away the Tandy version. So I'm lo oh, looking forward to going back and dipping my toe in the pool again on the old original Civ. Should be fun, yeah. Boat. And, of course, we want to thank all of you for uh, watching and listening every week. Uh, our patrons over at patreon.com slash Amigos Podcast. If you'd like to support the show or if you want to subscribe to us on Twitch, we broadcast every Friday night, except for when it's Thursday like tonight. Twitch.tv slash Amigos Podcast. We leave you with the haunting love theme from Blitz Bombers. And say goodbye. Until next time. Adios. Adios.